from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, everybody, your new favorite podcast. We're doing it remotely today. It's a Friendsgiving episode, so we're all at our each individual homes, and we all have we all have a dish that we've prepared. Uh, Patrick, what do you got over there? Uh, we have tofu soup. <laughs> tofu soup. Tofu soup. That's like two. Yeah, and short ribs. Tofu Ooh, soup. Wow. Is, tofu soup is like two things that are just. Sundebu. It's Korean. Isn't tight. Have you had it? No. Sundebu. No. Then don't talk shit. Sundebu. Because it's delicious. I found out that Bodhi, Bodhi means uh, barley in uh, Korean yesterday. I did not know that. A friend of mine is Korean, cool. and they named their dog Bodhi because uh, the dog is, uh, he's a, he looked like a little barley. He was brown, very brown when the when he was a pup. So they named it Bodhi. Cute. Isn't that adorable? And it's a cute freaking dog, too. Oh, my God, this dog is adorable. Uh, I mean, with the name Bodhi, it better. Uh, Jake's here. Jake, what are you enjoying? Oh, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying uh, some nice chicken. You know what better to have on Thanksgiving than a nice piece of chicken? I think we're I think I'm having I think I'm having Cornish game hen. Justine, what are you eating? Mashed potatoes. Wait, you're eating mm. Korean? You're eating tofu soup with mashed potatoes? No, she's lying to you. She's Who? eating rice. What kind of rice? What? That's a weird White. thing to lie about. <laughs> yeah. White. Who's fo- Oh yeah. Someone's got a call. No, nah, let it go. I'm not getting up. Pick it up. <laughs> ask them. No. Ask them permission if they can be on the podcast, and then put them on. We'll, we'll put no, them it's on. like a spam call or something. I can hear it. From even there. better. Like, even better. Get them on. Let's help. They're them calling out. you about your car's extended warranty, John. Yes, John. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's what it always is. Yeah. And jo- I go. Yeah. You don't know me. You jo- you're not even oh, mentioning what make the car is. <laughs> it's like. Uh, my my daughter got a spam call. She doesn't even own a car, and she got a spam yeah. call about her. I know there's something else going on there. <laughs> you don't say. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. I got a spam call today about a um, something on my Amazon account being, and I have to pay a thousand dollars. Oh get, yeah, to get it, to get it taken off. Right, right. I get those text messages saying that UPS couldn't drop off the order because there wasn't a safe place to hide it and to mm. click on this link. And then when you click on the link, it leads you to enter your birthday. And, <laughs> and then you have to give your card information so they can try to ship it again to you. Oh, okay, good. Because that's how shipping works. Hold on, let's see. Yeah. And then they need your social security number too. We can't drop off the package without your social security number. Yeah. It's like, oh, huh? <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Hold so on. I got I gotta give it to them, I guess. And you go, well, I work for the FBI. It's like click. I work for I the am FBI. I am the FBI. Wait. You work for the FISBA? Too many secrets. Ooh. Hey, Patrick, too many that tingles, secrets. John. That tingles. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Too many Marty, Marty. Marty, Marty. <laughs> great. Was that um, the young version of Ben Kingsley? That actor is that David Palmer? It kind of uh, it kind of looked like him, huh? But I think I you should you, look that up. Is that David? You, I think he was too old at the time to be young. Uh, young I, Ben I Kingsley. I was thinking, yeah. 
Um, What's interesting is both those actors are attempting some sort of vocal inflections. You know, the, the young guy is trying to sound like Redford. <laughs> How do you sound boring? How do you just? Damn. Hi, I'm. You Ro- really don't like Robert Redford. Hi, I'm Robert Redford. Hi, I'm Robert. Hi, how are? He just has interesting delivery. Hey, how are you? He's he's got a weird delivery. I like I I I like his movies, but he do, he yeah. is kind of like a the. He's the, flat. Yeah, he's uh, Jim flat. Joe Mar. Hmm? It wasn't David Paymer. It no, looked it like Joe him Marr. though. I thought it was too. But just like him, but you're right. He's too old at that time to be playing a young. Because remember, we, we we had just seen him in. We we just saw him in City uh, Slickers. Yeah, in City, City Slickers. Slickers, and he's way too old to be. But and he he's does probably pretty. He's probably Ben Kingsley's age. You know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how about how about that's your claim to fame? You look like a young David Paymer. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's your claim to I fame. Know. You know, give me a David Paymer type. Give me a young David. Yeah, Paymer, I look like yeah. a young Clint Howard. Yeah, nobody wants With, that. Yeah, nobody wants that. Not even Clint Howard wants. Nobody that. wants that. Yeah, you want to look like Ron. At least you want to look like Ope, right? Opie, 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 Opie. Uh, what we Oh, by the way, today's the birthday. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. 33 years ago today, premiered on KTMA, the greatest Incredible. television show of all time. There is no arguing. Uh, but yeah, happy birthday to MST3K. We're gonna, we're getting very close to MST3K, the movie. Uh, on this show, yeah. so I'm expecting tens on that one. Yeah, uh, and you know what happens when I expect yeah. tens. The millennials. What's the, movie, what's the movie that they're watching? Uh, this Island Earth, which is actually not a bad science fiction movie. That was the challenge because that's not a bad movie, but, but it is goofy. But it's they were goofy. they were smart to do it because it's it's easier to sit through sit through a better. Uh, Better bad movie than a crappy movie. So they were kind of also if you're gonna pay if you're gonna pay to see money in a theater, it's got to be a better movie. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. And the jokes are but you're not at home watching cable. You know, you're if you're gonna buy a ticket, it better be a, a better grade movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's uh there's, there's a big difference between that and watching like uh, you know Night of the Blood Beast or something. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, happy happy birthday. birthday, happy happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, happy, what else did I have? Birthday. To... So guys, did did anyone watch Hawkeye? Hawkeye dropped last nope. night. No interest. No. I watched Didn't it. Didn't have time. What do you mean no interest? No interest. Why? The trailer looked great. The trailer looked what? like Die Hard. <laughs> you know, it's even got a holiday theme going, doesn't it? Is it because it's, it's Hawkeye? Five days until Christmas. Because it's Hawkeye. Who who want who really wanted a movie about Hawkeye? That's the whole point. Or a show. And that was the point of that whole so. series. Was why is it a movie when it's on TV though when it's streaming? Yeah, well, it's a series, right? It's a, is it a series or is it a movie? I don't remember. It's a, it's a series. It's not a. It's a. Oh, series. even worse. Look at that means wasting more of my time. Well, that's the that that want. was kind of the point of the whole series was it was like it was making fun of the idea that Hawkeye would have his own series that that was there was a, it was very self aware. It was very very good. And, you know, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was. I didn't give a shit till I saw the trailer. The trailer looked great. Yeah. So you know. Probably watch it now that I've got Disney Plus. You watched watch it, Mario. I watched the first two episodes. Uh, how, were, how were they? They're they're fine. They're fun. I, I thought it was fun. It's very light, very low stakes, and they make <laughs> like, low stakes. But they make that they 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 make it a point to say, look, all Hawkeye wants <clears throat> to do is get home in time to spend Christmas with his family, and they talk about it in uh, the trailer. And then, you know, Kate Bishop kind of throws a, a whole monkey wrench in that. Um, <coughs> it's a little different in tone from the comic. The comic is a little bit more 
Kate's a little more self-assured and a little more, more almost arrogant. And uh, in this one, she is self-assured, but not so much with Hawkeye. She's kind of star starstruck. But they they play with the idea of Hawkeye just being, uh, you know, like the like the least uh, least likely and least likable, be, just because of who he is, member of the Avengers. So there's some there's some fun stuff going on. And uh, who is Kate? Uh, Kate is a uh, um, uh, what's her name? Not his daughter. Uh, no, Kate Bishop is a. She's another. Um, she takes the role of in the comics. She was um, the Hawkeye for the West Coast Avengers. Basically, is what she oh, she replaces. She, <laughs> she replaces Hawkeye, and in a lot of ways, she's better than Hawkeye because in the yeah, comics, cool. the comics, uh, he's a little bit more of a sad sack. Uh, you know, he's living on his own. He has this dog. Uh -huh. they, they throw a lot of the stuff in the comic onto Kate's character, like she's the one that finds the dog and all this stuff. But they kept some great stuff from the comics, like the <laughs> the. The tracksuit mafia, who are all Russian guys who overuse the word bro. Um, there's some really good stuff from the comics that are in there, and it's really. really and the cool. events are uh, after the uh, two years. Snap. Two years after the snap, after Endgame, um, and the great thing, John, is they do a little parody of Hamilton. There's a musical they're watching in the beginning called Rogers, and it's a <laughs> it's a it's. A, it's a Broadway musical about the Avengers, and they're all in like costume, and it's really, really funny. It's really good. Oh yeah. God, yeah, I want to yeah. see that. There's a lot of really great okay. little nods. It's very fun, very fun, very light. Oh, um, you know, oh, nothing oh. super serious, but uh, really, really. Yeah. really Is uh, Matt Damon in that also? No, it's Fuck why. Better be. Huh? What? What? What else was Matt Damon in? Why? Because he acted in um, Thor. He's, he's in all like the Thor movies, playing uh, Loki. He's like oh, playing, playing Loki. Yeah. 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 You know. don't remember? No. That was like a parody. That was like a tag or something. It's him remember playing. Remember Chewbacca? Remember Chewbacca? No. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Uh, all right. yeah. you remember? remember? They did a parody thing where it's like him playing Loki in a movie or something. It's Matt Damon. In which yeah. one? In two um, of them. Two and three. There's like a tag. Uh, yeah, two and three. I don't remember that. Oh. Well, there wow. you go. There you have it. I cool. Yeah. Wow. So my joke just split. Yeah. That, well, that was that was my fault. That was not your fault, Justine. I, I appreciate the effort. That was my okay. fault. Uh, we're still best friends. And uh, you brought me Filipino food for my birthday, so. Hey, nice. You're the only one that cares. Yeah, right. If we had been yes. in the studio, you would have seen a little more, Patrick, a little more love. Patrick Grove. The only one who cares. Patrick uh, Grove. Yeah. Patrick, by the way, Patrick, by the way, nice new car, Patrick. Beautiful car. Oh, it's so nice. Things great. Little mini, so mini Cooper, really cool. Really cool spy yeah. car. We got to play some fun board games. <laughs> a spy car. Yeah, it was a little spy car. Uh, what did we play? We played Cockroach Poker, which is basically a, <laughs> a kid's cockroach version. Cockroach Poker? It's basically a kid's version of BS. Uh, you know, you're just. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then and what it's else? supposed to take 20 minutes and took us an hour. And then, and then we played one called uh, Night of the Ninja, which was yeah, great. Yeah, that was fun. I like Which that was one. a more violent version of Love Letter. Yeah. And then we played Space Space, which Patrick loved. Space Space. I like that which one. Which is kind of Have a, we played that before? No. No. It's a tool down. I we did. It's, 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 it's a better version of Machi Koro. Machi Koro. Oh, that's the one that you've been mentioning. That's right. Time. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah, we had a good Many time. Many times. We had a good So thanks for coming out. 
Yeah, bringing the wow. bringing the Filipino food. John did not want to come because we're going to play board games. John is like, oh, Nicole made delicious banana bread. You that was good banana bread. Oh. You missed out on the banana bread, John. Uh, made with Splenda. If I didn't know and it was diabetic warm. safe, I would have thought I was going into diabetic shock. It was warm and melty. Fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fresh. Warm and melty. Super fresh. Super fresh banana. Mm. Banana. The nice thing was there was a, it was, she had baked another loaf. And then when I got up the next morning, I had it for breakfast. Yeah. Oh, that just sounds like a problem. For <laughs> a healthy, nutritious hunk of banana bread for breakfast with coffee. Trader Joe's Wintry Blend coffee, by the way, John. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you said Nicole is uh, over the moon. That's is great. it flying <laughs> off the shelves, John? Let's we, we need that winter. It always does. We need that winter wintry blend up. Yeah, that's why I I grabbed it for you before it was gone. <laughs> I think we have six cans. I think we have six cans. <laughs> Did you load up? We loaded up, and that's probably going to last us to, through Christmas. But uh, what Nicole does is she mix she'll mix a scoop with her regular coffee, so she'll get like so she'll, she cuts it. So yeah, it, yeah, she, she cuts it. Yeah, it's like we're so basically it's an episode of Narcos with <laughs> over here. Yeah. It's all about the balance, right? You want to cut it just enough, but you still want to get your fix. Speaking of uh, you know, for for my birthday, on it, and, you know it's good shit. And thank you guys for coming out for, for that. Uh, I know you're saying I can hear. Of course, I can hear it now, Jake. It's, it's in your nose. I can hear it. You've got that. Uh, you've got that something in your nose. Yeah, just a little something. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Not right. COVID. Got it tested. We're good. good. But it's like a cold or there's a really show. bad cold going around. A couple of people yeah. at work have it couple of people work like mm. cold cold throat thing so get mm-hmm. get out there get your flu shot uh, get your vaccination booster and all that good stuff uh so for you know as, as you guys mentioned that uh, thursday was my birthday thank you very much for that i don't think we talked about that on the show no, and who cares but uh, i'll tell you what i did do nicole made me my favorite meal carne asada and then we watched the new bond no no time to die so john and i discussed it uh off air because uh John had seen it, and uh, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I did enjoy it. Uh, the 10 minutes that Ana de Armas from, uh, you know her from Knives Out, the 10 minutes that she's in it is the best 10 minutes in the movie. Right, really? John? Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, and uh, she's great, but yeah, it's pretty. It's over pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> she's, super, yeah. she's super great, and uh, you know, she, she really reminds me what's been missing from the Daniel Craig era. Because as they went back to this uh, sort of emphasis on realism, or they as they went to this emphasis on realism, they kind of lost a lot of the fun of the James Bond movies. And you know, we the we, humor. we rip on Roger Moore a lot, but I will give you this: when you just want something light and fun, you can't beat the Roger Moore era. Exactly. Uh, you know, without the but you over you you overdose on the fun with the Roger Moore era. <laughs> no, that's that's Pierce Brosnan. That's where you just get into yeah, Pierce Brosnan, where it goes way off the. Deep you just end. get really into dopey stuff to Pierce Brosnan because don't don't be dopey. But you know why the problem with the Pierce that's, Brosnan is that's be, when you start writing. The problem with the with the Pierce Brosnan is you're trying to get a more a little more serious Bond, yet you have him like surfing on ice cubes and uh, and you get or driving you have, surf, you have him surfing on a surfing on a on a tsunami. In the middle of the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. And, or you have a diamond face, or you have, you know, that's the problem. Diamond with face. 
oh no, it's my it's my arch enemy, Diamond. <laughs> and I think, John, for you and me, it's the same thing. You know, we're of an age where this is a guy who was on TV, so he seemed a little of a, the obvious and underwhelming choice to be Bond. Because people had been saying yeah, it, he, people had been saying it yeah. for years, and it's like, oh well, okay, I guess. You know, he was a TV guy. He's yeah. a TV guy doing Bond. Mm-hmm. It's Remington Steel. Unfortunately, you're going. Oh, it's Remington Steel as James Bond. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. it's been so long since I've seen those. I can't even remember much about them except well, for Halle Berry. Halle Berry's uh, swimsuit. That's about all. We're gonna watch them all. So get excited. We're we're gonna watch them all as we come into the nineties. Because Justine is like, Justine, what's wrong? Why are you sinking? But I did enjoy No Time to Die. I give it about a seven and a half. Seven and a half. About thirty. About thirty. Right. About thirty minutes too long, like every movie. The villain was a little under. Villain was a little underwhelming. Remy. Yeah, uh, Freddie Mercury. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Remy, Mercury. Remy Malik. Mm-hmm. Rami Malik, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. I give it about a second. So, so you, you put Skyfall and the Casino Royale ahead of it, right? Yes, and I watched I watched Casino Royale a couple of days ago because I, I went through to watch him again. And boy, that's got about 20 minutes it could lose, 20, 30 minutes it could lose. They're all a half hour too long, all of them. Even the best ones are a mm-hmm. half hour too long. Yeah. But... You know, you can't get them to cut it down to a reasonable length anymore. Well, the one the one everybody doesn't like, Quantum of Solace, I was watching, and it's not that bad. I was watching, and it's it's under two minutes. No, you know what the problem is? It's not that it's rotten. I love that it picks up right where where uh, Casino Royale. It literally picks up right where it leaves off. It left off. The problem is the editing is terrible, and uh, Pat Francis and I were talking about that. It's all horrible jump cuts. And, uh, and you can't tell when there's like a fight scene, you can't tell who's who. Yeah. That's how bad the editing is. Exactly. You can't tell who the hell is in the room. You know? That's what kills it. That's what kills it. <sighs> but yeah. It puts you to sleep. Specta was, uh, Specta was pretty bad. But I'm going to watch them all again so I can have them fresh in my mind now that I've just seen uh, No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember, Doctor, uh, not Doctor, uh, James Bond is a Time Lord. That's how he changes He's his a Time Lord. That's how the appearance changes. A time lord, I say. Yeah. It's not blood in, blood out. No. (laughs) Well, that's a complete non sequitur. What does that mean? (laughs) Blood in, blood out. Yeah, the movie, right? No. No. There's a there's a movie called Blood in. That's how you get a new James Bond. It's a gang thing. It's a what? Blood in. Gang thing. Yeah, Yeah, blood in, blood out. Yeah, there's a movie called Blood. You've never seen Blood in, Blood Out? We're watching it. It's American. I mean, I've had a period before. Whoa! Hey, how you doing? Aunt Flo. (laughs) Aunt Flo has come to visit. Aunt Flo. (laughs) That's awful. They should just make little episodes of James Bond killing another one and then they get a new one. Oh, like he kills himself off? That'd be pretty cool. I'm telling you, he's a Time Lord. He just regenerates into another face. Uh, yeah, you guys need to watch uh, No Time to Die so we can talk about. So we can talk That's about. A missed it. opportunity right there. Uh, what else? Well, they should Scooby Do it with the mask. Scooby Do it. I would have gotten away with it too if it was no kids. Gee, it's Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Ruby Roo. Um, Pierce Brosnan. It's the it's the mayor. <laughs> Pierce Bronson. 
Um, John, shortly before we came to air, uh, oh wait, before we before I get into that here, hold on. Uh, I wanted to bring up. Uh, oh, did anybody, John, uh, Patrick? We got to talk to you. Did you watch Cowboy Bebop? I started the first episode and I got five minutes in and I said, "Fuck it." You were, I'm you were, gonna try again. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and it's probably because I'm so new to the whole Cowboy Bebop, the 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 whole arena, for lack the of a craze. better term. Uh, I don't have the attachment of the, the 30 year attachment that people have to the series. So for me to go in and watch the anime, I didn't feel like it was like, oh, this is terrible. Now. It does it have problems? Yes, but I don't think it's as awful. I think the people that are really hating on it are the fans of the anime, and I think if you if you're in, if, I it's think the that, diehard fans. I think if somebody who who has no idea what it's this like Star Wars fans, I, I think if if it's somebody like if you have no idea what this world is about, or like you just heard the name and you want to know, get the gist of it. <laughs> I think the it's a, it's a nice intro to it. It's 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 a, it's a fun. You know, turn your brain off and watch. And it's not great, but it's not bad. I don't, unpopular opinion, I don't think I hate this as much as, one, I was ready to, and two, a lot of people are hating it. I, I just, No, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try watching the rest of the first episode and see how I feel. But from what I've seen thus far, it, it's a very different feel from the original show. Very, yeah. The original show has a lot of, it is while it has humor, there is a lot of dark uh, moments and there's a lot of gravitas in each of the the episodes, and I don't think that this is going to have it from what I've seen thus far. I, I will can't make any judgment. I will tell you so far, they're giving a little more backstory to uh, Vicious and Julia that mm, you see yeah. in the anime. I will say that. I Which will isn't say that. necessarily. Have you needed? watched the movie yet? No, I got to episode four. Yeah, I think I'm on episode four or five, and then I realized they they mess. You gotta finish. Well, they mess with the timeline of the animated of the anime, so they show you stuff that you don't find out until much later in the anime, like in episode three and four. So I stopped watching the live action, and uh, and then I'm gonna finish. I'm like I have like five episodes left on the on the anime. Finish the anime, watch the movie because you need to know how it ends. I don't know that I can find the the Cowboy Bebop movie. I believe in you. <laughs> we find all of these digital movies for the Digital Movie Club. Mm. I believe in you. Yeah, but this yeah. is like a side quest. And I yeah. can just be, and, yeah. You know, like, or this is like Marvel's uh Marvel's What If kind of thing. No, no, and no. and unless yeah, we're, unless I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm really not. I'm re- unless it's a Red Dead Redemption game or Ghost of Tsushima, and I don't even think I did it on Ghost of Tsushima. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent guy. I'm. Not, I don't need to get everything, all the side quests. Mm-hmm. So understandable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I understand. Are you guys having Picking a, up what you're putting down? You guys having a sidebar over there? What's going on? Yeah, he's getting mad at me when I have my arm on his armrest, and then he put his on mine right now, just to piss her off. Nope. So one of you is going to say, Mom, he's touching me. <laughs> That's John, basically what's happening. John, are you interested at all when we say Cowboy Bebop? Or you just turn off? Yeah. 
No, I'd kind of like to see it, but I feel like I'm way behind. I'd have to see the animated, then I'd have to see the live action. Animated's pretty so. good, man. There's some good. There's some good yeah. stuff in there. It sounds like from what you have played me, the soundtrack sounds great. <laughs> the soundtrack is beautiful. That is oh, one the soundtrack. The that, soundtrack for the new one's great too. That's what I was just gonna say. That is the highlight of the show, right there. Is the, the some, they have some it. nods to the original, but they also have some newer stuff that's really good too. Uh, give it a chance. A, uh, is there like a Buckaroo Bonsai vibe going on? <laughs> no. The way you describe it, it sounds like Buckaroo Bonsai. No, this is good. So there's. <laughs> it's there's got a more diff- of a Western. <clears throat> yeah. Do you like the way I did that, John? Do you like the way? I didn't realize you didn't like Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> it's weird that that's the one. That's the, that is one thing where you think I would be right in that wheelhouse, but it always just kind of like it was a big. Well, shrug it's an odd. For, it was it's a, an odd movie. It was yeah. a big shrug for me. Yeah, it's uh, like it does. It didn't. They didn't stick the landing. They put this thing out, and you're like, mm, they didn't quite pull it off. <laughs> but you get Jeff Goldblum. God, it's one of the first things I ever saw Jeff Goldblum in, and one of the first things I ever saw John Lithgow in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's odd, Ellen Barkin, but it should work, but it doesn't quite work. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess when you get, I guess it takes. You got to really try to have Peter Weller. Ca- I mean, I don't know if Peter Weller was the right guy to try to carry off that role. Maybe. Yeah, I don't even know who directed it, but somehow they just didn't pull it off, and it might have been ahead of its time. That's a great. Double, that's a great double feature with Remo Williams. Where you go, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you know, and Remo Williams wasn't tough to figure out. You're like, oh, it's an action film. It's not great, but it's, it's uh, you know. Yeah, but that score really, that score was really going for something more. That Remo yeah, Williams score know. was. It's funny when a movie doesn't quite, you go, well, all the elements are there, but it's just not holding my attention. Well, you know, it's great because we love Fred, what's his name? Fred Ward, yeah. Fred Ward, uh, you know, I said Fred, what's his name? I say, we love that guy. Fred, what's his we name? We love that guy. You know, Fred, oh, Wentz, yes. uh, you know, Fred Mertz. We love him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Fred Mertz. Fred Mertz, the yeah. adventure. Fred Mertz, the adventure begins. Now that's coming up. Uh, the the Ricardos movie is coming up, I think, second week of December. Uh, the Becoming the Ricardos. And you will have R.K. Simmons as William Frawley. I love I it. I saw that. How'd you like the trailer, Justine? I liked it. But they didn't so show guess- her. Yeah, they didn't show her much, did they? No, they saw, uh, like, right when you, right so when you think she's going to turn here? around, she doesn't. Or yeah, you, I, don't know what it off. I don't know what they're getting at there. I don't know. So is that going to be, uh, I guess, in theaters on the 10th? And then what? Is it Amazon or uh, for the when it streams? Uh, I can't remember that. You're right next to the computer. I just always oh, assume everything's going to stream. Yeah, like Ghostbusters, it's funny. Ghostbusters is not streaming at all right now. You know? I was even looking to see if it was streaming somewhere, and it was not, you know? Can you guys not talk during the Remo Williams theme, please? I get please and thank you. Anybody, does anybody care about that new Ghostbusters? I've no. heard it's good. No. It's getting great reviews. It's like it's crazy. I I thought it would just be crappy, but it's getting great reviews. I get you know Paul Rudd probably goes a long way. You know, he's got a lot Sexiest of charm. Sexiest man alive. Yeah. How about that? I I've, I've that. heard that they I've heard that they really they really walk the line between nostalgia and uh, and and kind of a new you know kind of a reboot. They really walk that line really well, is what I've heard with this one. 
So. Yeah, because I guess the dad was in on it. Ivan Reitman, I guess Jason Reitman uh, directed and co-wrote it. I guess his dad was with them every step of the way to kind of make sure they got the formula right. Yeah. And from what I hear, they, it's pretty damn good. I would have just Ooh. given this a pass, but it's getting such great reviews. It's like, well, maybe I should check it out. It looked, you know? it, the preview made it the way it was shot look really, really cool. It looked like it was a really well-shot movie. Huh. And it had definite, there was a definite tone to it. It kind of felt like, like, you know, the way it was shot, the lighting, everything had a mood to it. So it looked interesting. Um, I, you know, but just the way things are going now, I just wait for everything to pop up on streaming because now that window is so much shorter, you know, I'm so surprised. I'm surprised it's not streaming right now. It's really weird. I guess it's like the bond thing. They're going to wait. They're going to wait a month. Yeah. They're waiting. They're waiting now to, to put things out. Uh, well, bond is, bond is made like 750 million worldwide. Uh, and, uh, they waited. They waited like a month before you could rent it, and so. But yeah, I like that option. I liked it. I'll rent it at home, twenty bucks to watch it at home, and then. Uh, that's the price of a ticket. That's the, yeah, that's <laughs> the price of a ticket. And me and my wife watch it, and I watch the next day. I kind of scan through it and watch some of the highlights again, just so it was nice. It's like, oh, Did okay. Nicole dig it? Yeah, she liked it. She liked it. We had a nice. Uh, we had a nice time discussing it and talking about it. And Remo Williams, the adventure begins. Uh, <coughs> We're coming up. That's coming up soon. Uh, the re- the reboot. The reboot. I have a so shortly before we went to air, uh, and we'll get the information on that. I love Lucy thing. I know you guys. Uh, it's. Oh, I found out it's Aaron Sorkin though. So it's just going to be them walking around the studio talking. You know, hey, you know, it's going to be somebody doing a bad Cuban accent, and then uh, we'll see. I'm going to check it out. He's a good writer. I don't know that he's always a great director, but he's a pretty good writer. So I'll check it out. Just for the hell of it. I like that you're pumping it, John. I like that you are the only one that is not going. Well, what? you know, because I love I love I love I love Lucy. So, you know, I'll check it out. See, you're now. the you're the opposite. When people touch things that I love, I'm like, don't like I'm like Patrick with Cowboy Bebop. It's like I have I, I don't I, I stay Just away make from the it. bad enemies into live action. Don't make the good ones. I think the problem is yeah. people think people think this is like a filmed version of an episode of I Love Lucy, and it's not. No, no, no. That's not, not, no, no, no. It's it's people like a biopic. No, know? I, no. It's people don't think it's that. It's it's that people, I've run into people that think it's that. They're it, like, what? Nicole Kidman? She's not even funny. Why is she doing Lucy? It's exactly. Like, no, she's not doing Lucy Ricardo. She's doing she's doing Lucille Ball as a real person. But so yeah. maybe it'll be shitty. But I'm going to give it a shot. You know? I, I think you're. I think you're going to be. I hope I hope it's good for you. But Disappointed, I, but I don't. I, I can't. I, I can't. I, I can't see this being good. I can't see it being good. I can't. I don't hate Aaron Sorkin, and I don't hate any of those actors. You know, oh. what's the worst that could happen? Oh, Sorkin's the worst. All right, here we go. How do you not hate Aaron Sorkin? You must have been burned by that. What was it? The uh, what was it? The '66 uh, Sunset Strip or whatever the I fuck hate, it was. What was I that? hate everything he does, man. I. People have been trying to get like, me, uh, people have been trying to get me to watch the West Wing, and every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, this, this is the West Wing. People are like uh-huh. every time people try to get I me to watch. I kind of want to watch it just because I've been listening to Rob Lowe's podcast. Uh, well, he got fired from that because they they you know how they got rid of him on that show is they gave everybody else raises except him, and then he finally just quit, which sucks. Why did they want to get rid of him? I don't know. I don't know. Well, it, I never really saw the West Wing. I saw like maybe two episodes. But I was thinking of something like um, 
you know, a few good men. I think about some of the movies, but you know, hell, that's like thirty years ago. I know. It's, just, <laughs> it's with the TV stuff. It's just always these plateaus. We got to watch. We got to these these uh, platitudes. Is what I'm saying. Trying to say. Oh, it's okay. like Nobody. Yeah, just, I never really saw much. Nobody just speaks the way they normally do. It's always got to end in some you know flowery. Yeah, that's the knock he always gets. Is that. Uh, it, he, the, people in an Aaron Sorkin production don't talk like real people. <laughs> no, that is true. <laughs> You're right. They talk like they're all delivering monologues or something. Yes. You know? uh, that's, but that's his style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't need to see that. Okay. So here's uh, what's going to happen. If R.K. Simmons, Simmons doesn't knock it out of the park as William Frawley, I'm going to say <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> I don't think – I don't know why – I mean, I, I, aside from the gruffness in the voice – there's nothing that suggests to me that he would be a guy to play. That's the only thing. He's a bald, he's a bald guy with a gruff voice. It's the only reason they hired him. I'm yeah. sure he's going to have to wear a fat suit to yeah. pull it off. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I, yeah, to me, yeah. to me, I don't know why. I don't know. I, I, maybe, I, maybe it'll be great, and I'll be wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know. How I, know. I thought you were going to say, you know, it's not the William Frawley story. He's just going to be in there for like two <laughs> minutes. <bro. laughs> I'll tell you what, though, John. You know who turns up in an episode very shortly? Very quickly, for in uh, of Cowboy Bebop of the live action is uh, our friend Adrian Barbeau. Really? Mm-hmm. But she's like what ninety nine now or what? Uh, no, it wasn't a Get Smart. It was a Cowboy Bebop. All right. Hey. Uh, so our friend Mikey Bags. Shortly before we went to air, so this is a one hour ago. Mikey Bags, Michael Bagford, uh, posted this on uh, on his Facebook. And what he did is he went ahead and he listed uh, his uh, the, the the Beatles the Beatles studio albums uh, from best to least favorite. He said he took out Yellow Submarine since it's half Beatles and half George Martin, and put in Mono Masters. And uh, so these are the uh, these are these are his his in order of best to worst. John, are you ready? Yeah, I can't believe you're doing this. You hate the Beatles. Why are you doing this? I do. Well, because they don't get enough love. They don't get enough love. This is for, this is for, this nope. is for us. It's not no, for him. Nobody all ever talks about love. Nobody. See, that's right. All you need is love. So turn in all your money, Paul McCartney. Um, okay. Here we go. Uh, so, John, you tell me where you if you agree or disagree. All right. So okay. the Beatles, which is obviously the White Album, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Revolver, uh-huh. Abbey uh-huh. Road, Magical Mystery uh-huh. Tour. Mono Masters, uh, uh-huh. A Hard Day's Night, uh-huh. Sgt. Pepper, Rubber Soul. Uh-huh. I already know you're, I already know. We're, the, we're, the position Rubber Soul is on this list, I already know you vehemently disagree. Uh, let it, I don't get it. Let it be. Uh-huh. Please, please me. Is that please, please me or please, please me? I never know how to say that. Help. I don't know. With the Beatles and the Beatles yes. for Sally, so which of those? Which of those? Uh, where do you disagree? No, well, I always put uh, I always put Rubber Soul and Revolver right at the top, like a tie for number one. I love both of those, uh, Rubber Soul and Revolver, and then I I love the White Album, so that would probably be like number two, and okay. uh, maybe Abbey Road Abbey Road number three, and after that it's all interchangeable. But no, you know it's a good list. Uh, it seems you know, like I would just put I would put Rubber Soul higher. I would put Rubber Soul much higher. Sergeant Pepper seems high. Well, for me, it doesn't. That album doesn't date very well. It's very much of its time. Sixty-seven. Uh-huh. It probably sounded great in sixty-seven. It doesn't knock my socks off right now, but um, it's very. It's the one piece that really 
is of its time. You know, Summer of Love, all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think those are the strongest songs. And and I thought I think Lennon said the same thing. He said, you know, people love the concept. They love the whole idea of it, but it's really not. He didn't think it was one of their stronger albums. And you're looking forward to this documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically, you know, let it be was like probably under two hours. This is going to be like almost eight hours worth. And a lot of it is behind the scenes. The whole nature of this thing is you're seeing them behind the scenes, trying to cobble together an album and rehearse it. And then finally at the end, they're going to get up on that rooftop and do a, do a set. Yeah. A lot. You know, the last time they were, playing together live was on the rooftop of apple records john the beatles get a knock for not playing live uh and a lot of the people the the few people that will stand up and kind of take them down always take them down for that uh yeah sure and they say you know that they can't be the greatest rock band if they couldn't play live do you agree or disagree with that yeah it's apples and oranges like when people try to compare them to the stones and mick jagger just said this a couple a couple weeks ago because McCartney shot off his mouth and said something stupid about the stones that I didn't agree with. Like, Oh, they're just kind of like a blues bar band. It's like, yeah, back in 63, not like for the last 50 years. you know. And Jagger didn't take the bait. He said something very interesting. He says, you can't compare us because the Beatles were great. They broke up after like nine, 10 years and they never really had a chance to be a touring band except for that beginning where everyone's screaming their heads off. He said, we, about the time they broke up, we got to down to like serious touring with real venues and real sound systems. And we've been doing it for like 55 years. So he says, it's, I thought that was a pretty classy way to not take the bait. He said, it's two different things. They were done in 10 years. We've been doing it for like almost 60 and um, yeah, to play live. That's the thing. And Lennon always says we couldn't even do it if we wanted to, because people were expecting us to walk on water. You know, by the time they they hadn't played, you know, from like you know sixty six to sixty nine, he said, "There's no way we could do it now if we wanted to." You know, what's the, how big is the venue going to be? It's insane, you know. Hmm. So I think it's I do think it's apples and oranges. You know, a band like the Stones or the Who, they showed that they can go out and play live. Now, in their defense, McCartney's been doing it for the last. 40, 50 years, he goes out with a top-notch band, good sound system, he recreates all those Beatles songs, the ones that you can recreate on stage, you know. And now, you with keyboards, you can pretty much do any instrument. You know, it used to be, you'd say, well, how are you going to do something like a day in the life? Well, now, with, with a synthesizer, you can do any sound you want, so. <coughs> yeah, and um, you can do, uh, you can do layering effects with a single keyboard, and yeah, it's. Yeah, so, anyway, it's a, it's a false argument when people go, ah, you know, who's the best? It's like, well, you know, for one thing, you know, the Beatles were over after 10 years. The Kinks kept on going. The Who kept on going. And certainly the Stones are still at it. So, it's it's a whole different thing, you know. Uh, the documentary uh, Hard Day's Night will be airing on Disney Plus uh, this Thursday. It's actually called uh, Get Back. Oh, same thing. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a, how little same you thing. care. So, Yellow Submarine will be airing on the 25th. I was doing my uh, NPR voice there. I was more worried about the voice than the actual content. You were doing your Garrison Keillor? No, God, no. It's another day out in Lake Wobbegon, and uh, Peter Peter sold sold another, another bale of hay to old... Uh, Mark Jacobs and uh, I always and wondered then, who the target audience for that was, and I realized, you know, it really is, you know, septuagenarians. <laughs> it really is and then, uh, the oldest possible and demographic. Then, no, it's older white women. And then uh, Justine Normandy came by with a 
with a plate of that crazy Filipino food that uh, they go crazy for. Out that was too the, spicy for me. At the church picnic. And, uh, uh, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a three-hour show. A three-hour show. Man. I could never figure it out. I never thought, who is actually wanting to hear this? My but, mom used you know. to listen to uh, that all What is it? A Prairie time. Home Companion, right? Yeah, Prairie, Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. It's another beautiful I day. Listen to that. It should listen to, like, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that, I find that funny. Maybe it's my age, but I find that funny. That Peter Sagal is, is hilarious. Uh, listen, but maybe it's maybe it's because I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's another day out in Lake Wobegon, <laughs> and there the ducks are all in a row. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> Mario, would you like hear that and go? I know somebody finds this like real charming, but it just sounds incredibly boring. <laughs> I liked. You know what? I always liked. I liked the idea that they were still doing this, like live radio show with music and yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and every once in a while they'd have a pretty good musical guest on there you'd be skipping through in, on the radio and yeah, yeah who, who's this it, sound, it sounds kind of roots like Americana and it's like oh and then you hear him go and that was uh, Sheryl Crow with uh, you know doing some and that you know and you're like oh that's that's great you know that that's cool uh, but then you know they get into like the whole letters from wherever or Wabash whatever and, and then you're just like well I'm out and I'm, uh, I'm out you know uh, the one did every show they did a thing with the sound effects guy which I thought was pretty clever and it was sort of a throwback to the old 40s radio shows where they describe somebody doing something and the sound effects guy would have to come up with the sound so it's like mm-hmm. then I, I tumbled down the hill and I hit a flock of geese and he'd have to just like on the He'd have to do all the sound effects. And then, you know, I hit a bunch of bowling balls. And uh, then I fell over some folding chairs. So uh, every every uh, episode, they would do that. Then I, went, just keep then I went to a cocktail party. And it, all, it sounded like geese. It sounded like a bunch of ducks. Uh, what do, where, how are we doing on time, Paul? Yep, we're doing what we got. Uh, we got 15 minutes. 15, 15 minutes. Let's do uh let's do a quick round of uh, trivia, shall we? Trivia. Trivia. Oh shoot. I left the cards on the other side of the room. Uh talk Son amongst yourselves. Justine, you look like you're falling asleep. <laughs> Cuz she is. <laughs> Food coma. Food coma. Oh my god. <laughs> As soon as the show's over, I got to get some lunch. Well, it's uh, it's trivia Storm. time here, uh, Lake Wobegon, and uh, that's that's my. You know what? I've never done a Garrison Keillor voice, but I'm not gonna lie. You're pretty good. That's, I think you're uh, nailing it. We're gonna I do the whole nailing. thing in the uh, in the way in the Garrison eh, Keillor trivia. It's not quite putting me to sleep. John, it's uh, close. John, who's the nickname out there? Was uh, Old Blue Eyes. You you got to work on your your pauses a little bit because he, he he likes to stretch his oh yeah his yeah. moments out a little bit yeah will it, it really he wants you to think about it we'll leave the light on for you that's a different guy but Tom uh, Bodet Tom Bodet yeah Tom Bodet's doing he's doing more like a southwestern thing like a Texas thing so Tom Bo- Garrison Keeler it's got to be he's always making jokes about uh, Lutherans right Was yeah it Lutherans it's a or, real midwestern yeah. thing yeah so I thought boy if you're in Minnesota this probably really hits the sweet spot. But if you're in L.A., I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. (laughs) Yeah. All these Lutheran jokes are going, wow, this is probably just hitting it right down the middle if you're in middle America, you know. 
John, uh, who whose nickname was Old Blue Eyes? Frank Sinatra? No, Eddie Cantor. I think you're uh, bullshitting me. He was Banjo Eyes. <laughs> Old Banjo Eyes. You're right, John. Frank Sinatra. You didn't fall because for that you're one. Obsessed with that. <laughs> you're obsessed with that. Why'd they call him Banjo Eyes? Old Banjo Eyes. <laughs> uh, Old Banjo. Patrick, oh, how, yes. many, how many seconds are there in one hour? Uh, I can do this. I can do this. 120. <laughs> in an hour? 60 no, seconds uh, in an hour? Sorry. I can't do math. 1,200. Apologies. 3,600. Really? 3,600. Oh, six and six. Okay. Just, I got it wrong, too. Yeah, I can't do that. Justine, <laughs> how many strings does a violin have? How many strings does a violin have? Justine used to play violin. Nobody knows that. Uh, four. That's right, Justine. Justine is right. Four. Uh, Jake, who was the American financier who, after being convicted of fraud and money laundering, was sentenced to 150 years in prison in 2009? Why would you send them to 150 if they they can't live that long? Uh, uh, they can't. There's just give them yeah, that's, life. That's the point. I don't remember the name. I don't remember the name. Bernie Madoff. I remember his name. Bernie Madoff. Oh. Oh, I right. it was All right, it's down between between uh, it's between John and Justine. John and Justine, here we go. Trivia challenge between John and Justine. Uh, John, what type of champagne is brute? What type of champagne is brute? It's a descriptor. I'll give you this hint. It's a descriptor of of the it's champagne. Dry. Yes, correct, correct. Uh, Justine, what is the name of the man who founded, what is the name of the man who founded the first blue jean company in 1853? What is the name of the man who founded the The first? full name? Yeah. He was German, right? I think he was Swiss or Swedish. I don't know. The last name always throws me. No, Swiss. Swiss. He's Swiss. George George Old Navy. Mm-hmm. Billy Jean. <laughs> no. Levi Strauss. Le- Strauss. Levi Strauss. Uh, I was going to say Levi's, but I don't know his other name. Levi Strauss. His name is literally on your pants. Yeah. Kind of, I didn't know the last The Le- Levi Strauss company. John? It's on the pocket, isn't it? Yeah. John, John you're the winner. Today. John, you're the winner. How conceited do you have to be to name your company after your first name? Well, all those guys in those days, J.C. Penny, J.C. Penny's first name were J.C. That was his name. Marshalls. Montgomery Ward. Nordstrom. Montgomery Ward. Jimmy Nordstrom, yeah. James Nordstrom. No, that's his first name is Nordstrom. Nordstrom. His last name was, his name was Orbach. Last name is Rack. Remember Orbach? Nordstrom Rack. Uh Mm-hmm. John favorite Robinson's May. John favorite no Robinson's and May Company were two different stores that merged. Well, no. you know your stuff. You know your retail. Hey Mario, you know your retail. Don't shake your head at me, Justine. That's what happened when I was a kid. There was a store named Robinson's. <clears throat> there, what about Henshaw's, man? Oh man, John knows Henshaw's. That rolls off the tongue. Go in there. Henshaw's. And, go in there and get. Go in and eat at the cafe at the Henshaw's cafe. 
Are you kidding yeah, me? The streetcar. That's right. What was that the streetcar diner? Or what Albertsons? was it called? I remember they made burgers very similar to Bob's Big Boy with the Thousand Island on them. I remember they had like yeah. a, they had a Target. Uh, they had a Hickory Farms in there too, didn't they? They had a Hickory Farms in year round in the Henshaws. Wow, Hickory Farms, dude. Do people still give that away? Just do Hickory Farms still exist? Yes, but like pop ups or mail order, right? Yes, and people still give them as gifts. Yeah, please send you me some. Like a, you get like a cheese log. Please send me some Hickory Farms for Christmas, guys. Please, if you guys show you a cheese log, send it to <laughs> Kara. Show you the wow. salami. What do you mean soft? <laughs> soft and and vaguely malodorous. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I meant more like large. Oh, oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It doesn't matter. The smell's going to keep you away. You know what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> it's a family show. Hey, we're going to take, take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Patrick's favorite movie, Sneakers. We'll be right back after these messages. Sneakers! I'm eating Chex Mix. Uh, it's a Trader, it's um, the Sprouts, Sprouts one. It's don't Chex say Mix, that in bitch. front of John. He'll beat the shit out of you. I don't care. I mean Trader <laughs> Joe's. Did I say Sprouts? I meant Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. No, Trader thing. Joe's, the only thing Trader Joe's has, they don't have trail mix with chips. It's all their stuff is like berries and nuts and sometimes banana chips. one with... Uh, we used to have one with peanut brittle. That was the best. It was trail mix with peanut brittle pieces. <laughs> that was the best. Long gone. I got your guys' Christmas gifts. Can I give it early when it comes in? <laughs> yeah. I have John's already, and I'm afraid that somebody else may have gotten it, so I may give John his presents early, and everybody else okay. has to wait. Okay, I'm ready. Cool. For those of you just joining us, that was Jake eating for the last five minutes. So welcome back to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> put it in. Put it in. Put it in. <laughs> yep, we got to hear him That's lick all of his fingers, said. too. That's what she said. Thank you. Just Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I still have some more. Hold on. I'm just going to. Mm. That's what he said. Hey. You can't eat like a human being. <laughs> Oh my God, that's great! See, we didn't hear a thing that time. That was great, Jake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can be. He can be taught. He can be taught. Um, I just choose not to. You're doing it, Peter. You're playing with us. I can be civilized. I just choose not to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picturing uh, Jake with an eye patch and a fork going to his forehead, <laughs> like Ruprecht. Uh, why is there a cork on his fork? Uh, Patrick, cork it's on his fork? you know what it's time for, guys. It's time for something we like to call the Digital <laughs> Movie Club. Digital movies. <laughs> Digital movies. <laughs> Patrick, why don't you give us a breakdown on this week's Digital Movie Club feature? All right. 
This masterpiece released in 1992 on September 9th with a box office uh, budget of $23 million, gross worldwide $105.2 million, got a 7.1 on IMDb, a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by uh, Phil Robinson with a all-star Oscar-awarded cast of Robert Redford, River Phoenix, Sidney Poitier, Mary McDonald, David Stratham, Dan Aykroyd, and Ben Kingsley, to name a few. 7.1's a little high, don't you think? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that. Asked. Music by James Horner. More like James Snorer, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about it. This movie is uh, oddly titled Sneakers. This, this movie has something <laughs> that I hate. And I hate when people make up their own vernaculars, so they would call every one of their heists a sneak. So that's why they're called sneakers. It was a sneak. Yep. We did a sneak on this. We did a sneak on that. Um, I don't know if I would call what they do a sneak. I don't know if that's, I mean, I guess that's a thing. It's not really sneaky if you get caught, right? They de- They do sneak in it. I felt, I guess they're kind of like, so the group, the movie's about a group of people who are kind of like outcasts and they're all, they all have a very specific set of skills having to do with being able to break into things. So at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the movie, uh, uh, Robert Redford is uh, works for a firm that basically tests banks, that tests bank security systems and shows, uh, you know, shows their, shows them their weakness. So, you know, there's a guy on the team who can, uh, who can, you know, he's the, well, what, what would you say the, the members are? You have, uh, go ahead, break it down for us. You have, you have a, the, the computer law enforcement agents. Yeah, you have the key. Right? You have the you have computer guy. You have the nerd mm-hmm. who is also a conspiracy theorist. Yep. He's kind of like the gadget dude. Mm-hmm. You got the uh, communications guy who's also blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the young up-and-coming rookie mm-hmm. who does pretty much anything and everything they tell him to. Yep. And you've got uh, the, uh, the honeypot. The, the future president of the colonies is what I like to call her. Yep. John, you having problems? You're, you're okay with your mic there, John? You're, uh, yeah. You're doing a lot of adjusting. I want you to be absolutely comfortable. Yeah, I can't see you or uh, Jake. That's fine. Oh. Can That's you hear okay. us? Yeah. That's all that matters. As, oh, long as, matter, you hear, right? as long as you hear these golden tones right in your ear mm-hmm. holes, that's all you need. I'm not doing anything... Uh, this is a point in the show where I lean far back in my chair and I stare at my board games while you guys talk. But I'm not thinking about the board games. I'm thinking about what you're saying. It's called a focal point. Right now I'm looking at uh, Smash Up. <laughs> there you go. It's, but, it's but, called a focal point. But I'm thinking about what you're saying. I'm thinking very deeply about what you're saying. So in this particular film, the MacGuffin which we've talked about the government, the MacGuffin is the de- plot device that everybody's after is a, basically it's the ultimate code breaker. It breaks all codes. It breaks all, uh, it breaks all of our codes. Mm. Yes, that's true. It breaks all. That's the what codes. they find out. At the end. That's yeah, what they find out. Yeah. The but, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is very much, this is an interesting movie. It's made an interesting time. The cold war is over, but there's still remnants of the cold war. Um, you know, Russia is still spying on us, even though it's not the Soviet Union anymore. So you kind of see this is a very movies made a very interesting time. You know, the, the Berlin Wall fell and communism died a couple of years before. 
So, you know, it's kind of interesting that there's these remnants of the Cold War all over because this is a very much feels like a very much like a Cold War era movie. Would you not? Would you agree, yeah. John? Yeah. Because yeah, those people didn't come in from the cold, even when the wall was down. They said, "No, we're we're still we're still going at it." Some of them were still out in the field, and there's yeah, no no reason to pull them in just yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Patrick, you love this movie. What attracted you to this movie? Uh, first time out, first time you saw it. Give us your background. I saw this when I was a kid, like when I was like ten. Mm-hmm. And it's a couple different things. It takes place in an area I was very familiar with. Growing up, San Francisco is a well-known area to me. Uh, the noise of the bridge is a very visceral sound, and I experienced that every other weekend growing up in my life. Was that uh, the Dumbarton Bridge? Yes. Okay. Um, did you like that? See what I did there? It was good. I'm proud of you. It was You're good. Welcome. It's a nice movie quote. Um, <laughs> it... it it, it's it's a fun movie for me. It's got a bunch of different elements from uh, a semi-spy thriller, heist movie, mm-hmm. buddy action cop film almost. I, it's, I think it's and funny that like theme. like you're 10 years old and you're like, I'm going to watch this Redford movie. That's just funny. No, it was That's just put, put on in front of me. My mom put it on and I fell in love with it. I do love the – no, I, I'm giving you a hard time. I, I do like this movie. Obviously, I own it. Um, yeah. the, the The thing about this movie is it just – Anything where you're dealing with tech, it does it dates almost immediately. Like yeah, it's. I don't disagree, right? Like the technology in this film is very ancient and compared to now. Yeah, yeah. Compared to now, yeah, and that's going to happen in any film. But if you can embrace it for the time period in which it is, that's okay. Like it works. Yeah, it worked. It works very well. It's a it's a good cast. Everybody looks like amazing cast. Everybody looks like they're having a good time. Um, everybody looks like they're having a fun time. Uh, Mary McDonald, criminally underused Mary McDonald, by the way, and president of the yeah, colonies, yeah. Laura Roslin, Mary McDonald, and kicking bird, Mary McDonald. Uh, she's just, very good. She's very she, good in this. <laughs> she's great in this, almost playing like, you know, slightly comedic, uh, really good, holds her own against Redford. You know, they, they make a, I believe them as a couple. Oh, 100%. I, I believe them as a couple. Um, all the characters feel very real. Um, you know, they're actors, but they all feel very real to me. Uh, all the, they all inhabit their roles really, really well. Um, and you know, it's always hard when like, you know, someone, uh, is cited, but they play a blind guy, but I think David Strathern plays it very well. He does a good job. Like it, it doesn't feel out of place and there's not like a lot of, there's one major blind joke in the film. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's a plot point, and it makes they do it in a way that's kind of elegant, uh, and not necessarily offensive. Yeah, I kind of like it. Um, no, there's a lot of it's a very there's a lot of twists and turns. You know, like you said, this this mm-hmm. is a, this is a almost a political slash spy thriller. Um, yeah. You know, but also a a, a good old fashioned heist movie. But and it's a story about two friends. That and uh, yeah, and there's some there's some hacking, like you know, early hacking, like we're gonna hack into this and hack into <laughs> that. Uh, it's, it's it's manual hacking, right? Like yeah. that's, that that was different. This was a different age, and this is kind of what hacking and breaking into systems was: is you had to physically do it. No, the, you had this to go into the location. This is great because it's really a forerunner to you know a lot of stuff that has come. That we've seen, you know, like oh, yeah. the explosion of hacker movies. But you know, these these are these are characters, but obviously they're playing guys 
guys were out in the field doing this. Guys were doing this kind of stuff. And so you see the, the you know, it's, it's kind of cool to see like the forerunner of like the modern, like all the modern stuff that people use to get into these systems. We've been doing it for years and years. If you can come up with a computer a security system, there'll always be someone who tries to to take it down or you know get around it. So yeah, that's always fascinating. Um, I, and I, they do a good job with like the whole overarching thing that information is a commodity. Like this ye- was oh yeah the nineties. This is ahead of their time. They, well, really, what uh, when Ben Kingsley is talking when he's having that conversation with Robert Redford about. Um, it's, it, how the poor people today. are always the people that get yeah it's very it very timely today you're just like holy shit yeah 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 a lot of the nothing's changed in the in the mm-hmm. 30 years since this movie's come out uh, almost almost 30 years yeah um yeah I uh it, it like it for me it is interesting John did you see this when it was uh, initially released yeah I did yeah I know you're a big uh, I know you're a big Redford guy oh I think he's good um you know uh I'm a sucker for a good uh, heist movie or a good spy movie. So if, if this was something I could enjoy because, you know, it's it's kind of a comedy. It's not 100% comedy, but there are comedic moments in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why, but I'm just a real sucker for the spy stuff. And uh, and a good heist movie, you know, when you've got everybody's like, okay, this guy does this one. This guy's like the demolitions guy. This guy's the, you know, I love that stuff. Bringing together and, uh, the team. Yeah, I, really, I, I appreciate too the fact that like not one part is overdone in the sense like the spy portion and the heist they fit well together. It's not like one is kind of like yeah that doesn't really make sense that he would be dealing with the Russians. Like it all works. Yeah, it all looks like stuff that could happen. Mm-hmm. Nothing is so outlandish that it looks like it's not. It's it's something that couldn't happen. And I like the fact that people are well cast. Like Ackroyd is always great playing the sort of guy he's playing <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that he makes in real life he kind of is that guy you know he's kind of interested in conspiracies and uh technical stuff and oddball off the grid information so that's why he was so good in ghostbusters and so this is just another another spin of that kind of character yeah and i love that he's throwing all that stuff oh this, he just like tosses it off nobody can toss it off like Ackroyd. oh this is how they did it when nasa faked oh, the moon landing. so good <laughs> And I love how uh, uh, Sidney Poitier is all, I cannot talk to this guy anymore. I just can't do it. You know? <laughs> He's like my friend from Desert Storm, but he was on the opposite side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Break these doors. It's like, holy shit, man. So everybody's all, everybody does a good job. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, Mary McDonald is a great, you know, I love when she says to him, she's just like so over it. She's like, you know, you're going to go back to your clubhouse with your secret handshakes. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's all, I'm so done with all that. She's but I just- love the way... Uh, she helps him. She's the only one that can help him at that one point in the movie. You know? She is very much the Justine of this movie. I was watching this movie going, that's Justine. All the bullshit <laughs> she has to put up with and everything. And she, she just tolerates, she tolerates it. But then when we need her help, she's like, all right, I'll do your stupid database. Yeah, I'll do your dumb, <laughs> I'll do your dumb spreadsheet. You know what I mean? And she's got a dog yeah, that exactly. knocked her purse over and, and all that stuff. Um, so it's all the, chem- the chemistry works. Everybody... Yeah. Everybody. Some people were kind of underused. I thought River Phoenix was kind of underused. Yeah, he didn't have a hell of a lot to do. Sydney yeah. Poitier. Sydney Poitier for being <laughs> such a Sydney Poitier for being such a high profile guy. His character really never gets to do anything. You think that it's yeah, going to come? Yeah, I don't know in. why. You I wonder. Mean, he has this moment more. where he beats the dude in the face with a shotgun. That's pretty fun. That's about it. But yeah. but yeah, you his his CIA expertise never really comes into play because. 
even when he's trying to get her when when they're on the phone and he's like, Do you try uh try getting the head of operations and then try this, try that. None of it works. So it's like, mm. But he's the one who figures it out first. Like that's the part that's exciting. He's the one who realizes first that things are not what they see. Your mother's yeah, on the yeah. phone. Yeah. Like, oh, that's he's true. One, he's, he's no, he does help him out. One. He was there yeah. he was there more as like that was his friend. Like that was the yeah. friend that kind of replaced uh uh, yeah, this is Marty. Marty. Uh, Marty. Marty. What was that guy's name? Cos. Cosmo. Um, yeah, Cosmo. Talk, ben Kingsley talk about doing a villain. New York accent. Talk about a villain. <laughs> ben Kingsley is so good. Well, anybody villain. in that ponytail, you automatically know, is a scumbag. <laughs> oh, but he does a good job. Any old man <clears throat> with that ponytail. Because you feel for him too, right? Like it's not like he's. He's a, a an unempathetic villain, right? His best friend, the only person he feels in the world understands him, betrays him. And he has to kind of deal with that and cope with that. And he really believes in what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I love that last shot of him going down the ladder. He's all, oh. please don't go. He's like, please don't go. And he's all, please don't go. You know? and he's all, if you want to stop me, you're really going to have to kill me yourself. <laughs> it's like, I thought that was a great final exchange, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Justine, is, uh, Justine, what did you think? Did Patrick, is this a movie that Patrick shared with you early on in your relationship? He's like, hey, I have a movie I want to show you. And this oh. is very dear. Is this the first time you saw it? Yeah. Tell us about your what your experience because you love. We know you love a movie with a team. We know that's yeah. something that you like. I like a plan. You like, I like a, execution. Robert Redford. You like Hottie. You like you like a strong. Uh, you like a strong female character in there. I felt like Mary McDonald was a pretty strong. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And then uh, you like a you like a hottie. So you look like to look at a Robert Redford. I normally do. He just looks so old. He's, he was. <laughs> This, he was old in this. Like, I look at everyone else, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" So the old. old balls. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this balls are so old. Is, uh, wrinkly. This and what's is, funny is that's like 30 years ago. He still he was still making movies like last year. You know? Yeah. This is this is the beginning of craggy faced uh, Robert the Redford the craggy faced Redford era. Yeah, he kind of looked like maybe he smokes or something. Like his skin looks so bad. No, you know what? He skis. He's a he's a blonde and he skis all yeah, the time. It's all that sun. It's yeah. the sun that just turned his face into like a yeah. saddlebag. Yeah, some SPF, dude. Pleathery. Yep. Leathery. Leathery. That guy's faces. Pleathery. So, Justine, uh, what did you think, man? I just felt like these side characters were some big act. Well, some of them were some big actors, and it almost felt like in this movie it was unnecessary. <laughs> like maybe they were getting a pay cut to work with Robert Redford. I don't know. It just felt weird. Like, like when I saw Dan Aykroyd, I'm like, why is he in this? And it was so little, <laughs> such a small role. But I don't know where he is, how famous he is in this time. It's after Ghostbusters. They're all, uh, the entire cast, These were, they were Oscar winners prior to this being filmed. So then it's super weird that. A, the, a majority of this cast was extremely famous. Mm. So it's kind of like doing them... like what, Ocean's, is it 12 with all the girls, all the famous girls in it? Ocean 8. And they all have small roles. Yeah. So eight. Yeah, um, but that's part of being in an ensemble. I think that a lot of these people just signed on to work with 
Redford maybe like, yeah, I'm going to work with Robert Redford. I think it'll be good. I know too that they really liked the director because he did Field of Dreams and like Fletch and stuff like that. And I know some of them had worked with him prior. Um, so I, I think that's part of the reason. That, that might be too. And then also, you know, you know, good script and uh, you know, good good yeah. story, good plot. So the director was gonna, the director was going to pass on it until Redford got involved, and he said, "Well, I've always." wanted to work with Robert Redford. So that's what pulled in the director. Cause he just thought, I don't know that I want to do this. And then he thought, Oh, this will be fun. Work with Robert Redford. So, um, I mean, I, I thought it was funny when, yeah, when he says that sandstorm thing, he's like, yeah, you have to do this. And it gets quiet and I'm not telling you, I'm like, something funny is going to happen. Yeah. And then he kicks down the door. He goes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Boom. Or you have, um, uh, be a beacon. Yeah. Oh, oh no, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, we got nothing for you. It's like, I got to say something. Again, we got nothing. <laughs> you know, um, and give him lots of head. <laughs> but it felt like, I mean, the whole movie's predictable. I mean, I don't know. If, it's, I, it's hard when you watch an old film like this because you never uh-huh. know if this is where it was taken from. Yes. But it's all predictable. Like, no one... Like, watching it, you're like, oh, that guy's not dead. He's going to come back. Cosmo's definitely going to be the bad guy in this film. Um, but I it's thought they were cool. I thought uh, David Stratham? Stratham. Nobody knows how to say his name in real life. Stratham. It's unpronounceable. I thought David S. was super cool. He's probably my favorite character just because he's so calm. Yes. like, well, what did you hear? Yeah. He's like, listen, you can hear it. It's in the answering machine, like. Oh, he's like the smartest guy in the room. Yep. Because he looks at things from a different perspective. And everyone loves the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. He hears everything. Yeah, he's literally Batman. (laughs) He's always good. When he turns up in a movie for five minutes, he's the best guy in the movie. He's just like, he's an actor's actor. He's the best. You believe it 100%. (laughs) You know, even when he's driving blind, I just thought, I believe it. I completely believe it. It was just like the ending that I didn't believe was, um, why would they go back to their home base when they just stole from that guy who knows where they work at? Like, why go there? Why not go to her apartment? That didn't make any sense to me. I mean, they knew who she was, though, too. So it'd be easy enough to find her home. Well, you don't go there and go, oh, we stole it. Yay. No, you didn't finish your job. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it was it's not air. It's not airtight. This no, movie was not airtight. <laughs> but you needed you needed to have James Earl Jones show up, and that's a nice little cameo. Oh, oh yeah, you did. <laughs> but even, even so the, great. Even the bad guy's room, like how empty it was, seemed so stupid. It, I don't know. It's real nineties. You're like, why is this room so? Why is there a room with boxes? Like they don't even explain it. And he has the fish tank. It was like a poorly made, bad uh, villain room. I don't know. It's kind of like lair. watching a James Bond thing. Like <laughs> it's like a lair that he hasn't unpacked and decorated yet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Very like, minimalist. Very minimalist. It's like yeah, it's like Goldfinger going. Oh, we're gonna put the piranha over there and the laser <laughs> over there. <laughs> Even the scientist guy, because he barely had anything on his desk. Are you kidding me? He should be messy. <laughs> no, he was a mathematician. He was neat. It was the music of the spheres. Yeah, yeah, and that was Donald Logue, by the way. Donald Logue, who went on. Oh, I know. And it was weird that that the answering machine wasn't hooked up to anything. I mean, that's just a little detail. That's the point. How are you not plugged in? That was the point because the point. That's what they figured out. They they figured out because the the girl he's having an affair with says, 
I tried your answering service and they said you weren't you weren't here. So that's when David Strathairn's like, why does he need a he's like, why does he need an answering machine if there's a, if he has an answering service? That's how you find out that's where the black box is. It was a superfluous mm-hmm. answering machine. Didn't need yeah. to plug in because that fucking thing was the thing. But just have like fun. Third nipple. Yeah. I, I mean, it was predictable. Did you like the way they did the? Uh, did you did you like the way they did the charade though? The the um, Timothy Busfield and and the and uh, Marla Hooch's dad did the uh, did the the Walter Matthau where they just used somebody else's office. Like what? Well, <laughs> that was from charade. Remember, he was just like he was just going there on somebody's lunch break. Yeah. And then use the yeah, office. That's funny. Uh, or even the sting. The sting used that too. Yeah. Where they get the guy out of the office and go, oh, we're painters. You know? <laughs> Jake, what did you yeah. think, man? This is Patrick's favorite movie. So, I mean, just, you know, be gentle. Oh, man, just the most awful. <laughs> be gentle. No, it was okay. It was, it was good. It's just, we've seen, we've seen this premise too many times before to have not any of it be a surprise at before? this point. Before? That's the point, though, that this is like this. You look at like Ocean's Eleven, you look at all of those movies, all of these major cast ensemble films. This is the origin. No, Ocean's Eleven is the origin. (laughs) No, Ocean's Eleven is the origin. Yeah, the original Ocean's Eleven. Correct. This is like the more modern version, though. Yeah, yeah. Then you get the Robin and the Seven Hoods and the. It's also mm-hmm. a little like uh, Three Days of the Condor, which Redford was in, but that was deadly serious. Sure. You know, with the government agencies and people disappearing and, you know, all this dirty, uh, dirty tricks. Sure. But that, that, was, uh, that was deadly serious. And this is kind of a lighter spin on that. Yes. Uh, what, so you felt it was predictable in what way, Jake? I think it's just because we've seen these. We've just we've seen all of these like hacker heist movies before. You yeah, but know. you you already know they're going to get away with it in any of those. So it's yeah. it's not the idea; yeah. it's the idea of how how they execute it. And I feel like this movie is fun. This movie's yeah, it's, it's fun. fun. It's good. It's a fun Mission Impossible is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a fun, you know, it's a more real Mission Impossible. You can see and actual people. Doing I was this. surprised. I was like, I oh yeah, I forgot the about the thing with the, the body heat. Like I, that's from Mission Impossible. Yeah. That one room. Uh, having 98.6 exactly, mm-hmm. and he has to move like two inches a second. Wouldn't he, yeah. been, wouldn't he yeah. have been hotter Solid. because he was sweaty from lowering yeah. himself in, though? Your body and wouldn't, and wouldn't he have to be butt naked because of the temperature differences with the clothing? Eh, no. Buck, yeah. buck naked, not butt naked. Buck, buck. Butt naked. No, butt buck, naked. Buck naked. But, butt naked. John, please tell me buck. buck. Why is it buck naked? What does that mean? That's the phrase. Look it up. I don't know. Why is it the phrase? <laughs> you, but you know it's buck, John, right? It's not butt yeah, naked. Yeah, it is buck naked. I don't yeah, know where it comes naked. from, but it's butt naked. Yeah. Buck naked with CK. Buck naked. TT. Yes, butt naked. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's just all. No, it's butt naked. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, the forget the blind guy's name, but he did a great job. Strathern. Stray yeah, Stray Yeah. I love that there's a character named Crease. <laughs> it's like, where do they get these names? Crease. 
I, everybody has great names. Mother, freaking uh, Crease, Whistler, Cosmo. Yeah, Whistler's the best name no. for uh, Marty. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. Marty. Whistler. Marty. 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 Uh, it's uh, it's racist in origin. Uh, it's racist in origin. Buck naked comes from the in, like referring to Indians, Indian males as bucks. And since I they were use that phrase anymore, yeah, buck naked. So that's why don't I we say butt? That's why I said. That's why I say butt. Why don't we say butt? <laughs> we should say butt naked. <laughs> I love yep. it. That's why I never say buck naked. Buck naked. Uh, yeah, because I'm not a racist. I see. Mm. I can, I can <laughs> we'll see how you rank this movie. If it's anything less we'll than a ten, racist. We'll All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I picked you with like the the hand cup in your mouth. Racist. <laughs> racist. If anything less than a ten, this movie gets. Uh, and it's a mob film. Did we forget that? It's a what? Oh, okay. A mob film. Okay, barely. Technically, it's okay, there, yeah, all right. It ain't the Sopranos. It ain't. I was uh, sad when his Sopranos. friend died. In the car. Oh, the Russian guy. Yeah, yeah that's I thought that was pretty sad. Then they frame him for it. Ben Kingsley's a real yeah. Ben Kingsley's a real dick in this movie, man. He is not a 100%. good. He is not a good guy. And then He's also a dick when he plays dead in Shang Chi. Uh, no. what? Yes. Who plays dead? Ben Kingsley. He that wasn't being a dick. That was self preservation. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> he should have been helping. Even no, the, even the little bu- even the little butt creature helped. Even the little butt creature played dead. Looks like a little butt. Yeah, yeah. Buck. Even a little. Buck. Touche. Even the little even the little butt creature was. Uh... And Jake just proved he's racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I told you. Uh... <laughs> Those things were like tribbles. They're like tribbles with asses, you know. <laughs> uh, Jake, or I'm sorry, Patrick, uh, does this movie hold up for you around? How many times have you seen yeah. this movie? Would you say a lot? Yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. It, like I said, it's literally it's a visual, a visceral reaction when I hear that noise, that mm. bridge sound. Like I, I, it, it, it's like those scents that bring you like back to a moment in a memory. Oh yeah, like mm. I can. Mm. Physically place myself in a car going over that bridge when I hear that noise. Um, it's it held up for me. It, it's still a lot of fun. I I did notice more like that they do underutilize River Phoenix because he he was a good actor and he was huge uh, at this time. He was huge. Yeah. So I, I I was reading some stuff. Apparently, like he took this role because after his last movie, he just needed a break and he just wanted to do something fun where he can kind of just relax. And just, you know, make some money. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I don't remember what the previous movie was for him. I thought it was funny when they, um, he's like, yeah, and then you end up at, like, a bar or a cocktail party. Cocktail party. And mm-hmm. so yeah, he made this after my my own private Idaho. Yeah, with uh, Keno Reeves. Yeah, so he was just he like. Did, a, he had done some heavy, like, uh, movies that were, like, emotionally heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So he had a lot of fun with this. And I. I it always like I love the ending of this film because it's nice to see that the good guys win, right? But it's also nice to see them get what they want and to have um 
uh, James Earl Jones come in and just be completely pissed off and exasperated about everybody dealing with their nonsense. It's great. Tahiti is not yeah, in Europe. but I, in my mind, He's they never get amused. it. In my mind, they don't get any of that. Yeah, probably, they probably don't. Yeah. They probably don't get it. But at least they get free. They, you know, they're not taking, yeah. they're not carted off to jail. So and the like, government doesn't get the world-breaking box that could destroy the country. Yeah. That's right. Well, they get it. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And then the, that little stinger at the end is always great. That little stinger at the end is always nice. Yeah, yeah. That little, That's what yeah. she said. Oh. Oh, hello. What, what do you use That's for the friend. stinger? Oh, I use, a, I, use a, I use a knuckle. Remember that from Seinfeld? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Did you do a swirl at the end? Yeah. Did you use your finger? No, I used a knuckle. <laughs> Horrible. Painful. Uh, oh, so good. What a great line. All right. I let, always enjoy this movie. It, I, yeah, I do, too. It's this always is the cornerstone of your poor movie taster. This is a yeah, 100% like this uh-huh. was this was my introduction to spy thrillers, to uh-huh. ensemble films. It's like, a it's a nice, light, breezy piece. I mean, there is some heaviness to it. You know, there's there are some dark moments, okay. but it's but it's all on the whole. Yeah, it's the, very breezy. The topic they cover is really fucking dark and really fucking relevant to the day. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's kind of scary how much this parallels with but, today. But there's also really nice moments like when he's trying to talk his way out of the office when she, it, he's trying to pretend like he's a private detective. Oh, yeah. And then the whole so thing. The whole, private detective. The whole thing with uh, Mary McConnell going on the on the computer date. Um mm-hmm. you know. Or when River Phoenix just asked for that girl's phone number. Yeah, that's, that's very, I love that. Like, that's. It's such a sweet moment. Like that's it's it gives his character a lot. Yeah, I mean, when she says, "Wait a minute, you can have creep. anything." <laughs> Not even that. Like, but it, at that He's point, right? Like, you take it looks. seriously. Like, he could have asked for anything. That's straight up off just looks. Mm. I mean, that's. Well, that's I mean, she, sometimes hey, I guess she's, hey, she's some, all right. Sometimes she does a couple right. things right. She's attractive. She can fire a gun. She has a steady government job. Right, she has connections. Yeah, it's not just looks. He's making some sound decisions, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to lie to her because she knows what he does. Yeah, and sometimes Justine, you know, you go off of looks like you did when you saw Patrick in his khakis, and look where you are now. Yeah. And then, and right. yeah, no, 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 that took a year. Of, wow. of, of just staring him, in, uh, staring him in the khakis. He that feels you had time more, to contemplate your passion. <laughs> were you really? Uh, you, so you were grooming him, is what you're saying? You were grooming yeah. him. That's a predator thing to do, dude. It was not interesting. Come on, I'm here. <laughs> Date me now. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Get me to the chopper. Just, just screaming across the store. Yeah. It's Michael, so you probably have some kind of confetti chopper. Get to the chopper. Yeah. Glitter bombs, the, you know. Get the googly eyes. Yeah. All right. Let's rank it. Patrick's favorite movie of all time. It's one of my. It's one of my favorites. John, what do you give? Desert Island. Uh, is this a Desert Island movie for you? Yeah. It is. I'm sorry to hear that. John, what do you rank Hi, it? You have like the Great Escape that has way more characters and it. I'm okay with that. This, it's it, as much shit as Mario gave me earlier. This does have sentimental value for me. Yeah, I'm okay with it. That's it, okay, it, man. Nice you into a rating. Listen, don't. I was thinking about that. 
I was thinking about that earlier. That we've all said that the words "this has got sentimental value" yeah. for me has come out of all of our mouths. <laughs> Listen, we all have a movie like that. We all have a movie that just you know. You, it, it, you get, all get. can rate this a one, and I will still give this a ten every single day of the fucking week. Yeah, I give it a nine. Today. <laughs> <laughs> be like, no, I'll just fight. <laughs> oh, that'd be the greatest if you pulled up one of those switcheroos like Justine. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's a five. <laughs> Justine, what do you get? It? What do you give it, buddy? Seven. Go to seven. All right. Solid. I'll take yeah. it. Patrick. It's a ten for me. Jake. Come on. Mm, Patrick gave it a ten, so I kind of have to balance it. We'll give it a. We'll give it a six. Okay. Why would you mm-hmm. do that? Mm-hmm. Just rank it what you really think it is. You don't need to look balance it. Heart. Look. Look into your heart. See, that's the difference. Jake rates things to try and fuck up everybody else. The rest of us rate no. how we really This feel. is a, the, 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 for me, this is a solid seven. Solid seven, yeah. Easily. Easily a seven. Yeah. Easily. Now, you guys, we we always break this down. You guys always go, you were talking about my movie, my movie choice. They're like, oh, you, or the, the, the average on the thing. You're like, oh, you, you rated a C. To me, a seven isn't a C. It's not seven is 70%. It's like a B. It's a 7.5. Yeah. yeah. You're, 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 a, you're a low B. Yeah, think of it. Really think bad. of each number as two. So 9, 10 is your A. Yeah. 7, 8 is your B. Yeah. 5, 6 mm-hmm. is your C. Think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Think of it that way. You know what I mean? What did you give it, John? I don't think we got you. John? I give it a, I give it a 7. It's a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, because I'm such a sucker for spy capers, uh, this is definitely a 7. Jo- uh, Justine, what did you give it? Seven. It was sevens across the board, a ten for me, and a six for Jake. Jake, give it to Jake for real. What's your real score? <laughs> huh? What's your real <laughs> score? I can tell he didn't enjoy it. It's okay. I'm not messing. He probably didn't watch the whole thing either. I, I mean, knowing I knowing Jake, I don't think, knowing Jake, I don't think, I don't think he, he watched all of it. I don't think he knew James Earl Jones shows up at the end again. Uh, <laughs> No, he does, and they all ask for the things that they wanted when they first when they did the first time. Okay, what's the you interior watched? color of the Winnebago that Dan Aykroyd asked for? Burgundy. Oh! <laughs> I'm in your face! <laughs> you know what? Love that David. Did you hear the Did you hear the no hesitation because I watched the movie? Fucking dunk on him, Jake! No, you know what? Just like what Patrick does. When he listens to the end of my sentence and then replays, I'm on Jake's. I'm on board with Jake. I'm dropping this to a six. I'm on board with Jake. Jake's convinced me. That was fresh in Jake's mind. You gotta get him or something in the like in the middle. Okay, what does uh, Whistler ask for? I don't remember. Aha! Uh-huh. Gotcha. For the best thing. World peace. Gotcha. That's right. World peace. World peace. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> peace on earth. <laughs> peace on earth. What kind of toy was the guy that she went on a date with? What was he working on? It was like some voice activated dog where he said roll over yeah. or no yeah, play dead. I fucking it. like this. We need to do this after every movie. Yeah, <laughs> like pop quiz like, time. Yeah, we'll do a Jake it. pop quiz to make sure. We'll answer. You'll never know where the questions are going to come from. Will they come from the middle oh. of the movie? Will it come from the end? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, uh, Jake. What was Rosebud? What did Rosebud end up being in Citizen Kane? And he'll say, uh, Marion Davies. Uh, no uh, idea. Part of Marion oh, Davies. Part of Marion Davies Anatomy. Wow, that was good, Mario. It's true. Also, 
That's uh, the real rose. That's the she, real rose. She was the cat's meow. <laughs> I have a fun fact. Uh, Robert Redford's jacket is the same one he wore in The Natural. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I like that one. Wowie. Wow. Wow. Any, uh, do you have any other uh, trivia? Justine? Uh, Dan Aykroyd wore a bunch of band shirts. Uh, he wore uh, a band shirt uh, from River Phoenix that was in one of his bands, which was cool. Ah. Um, Interesting. Not a lot of other stuff. They did a lot of kind of homages to some of the spy stuff in the actual real world. It's pretty cool, oh, man. There was one thing I heard, Patrick. I don't know if you heard this. At some point, uh, somebody called the director up and said, you have to take this part out. It's too close to something that the uh, CIA is really working on. And then he oh, later found out that was, that was a prank. And he says, it was either Redford or Ackroyd. One of them was pranking me. <laughs> 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 and he said, we're fucked because that's the main part of the story. We can't rewrite the story, you know? So he uh, said, I don't know which one it was, but one of them was pranking him, you know, saying, you got to take that out. What else? Uh, James Earl Jones says, well, what's important is that this never happened. It's almost the exact same thing he said in Hunt for Red October. Hmm. You know, that's always cool. What? He, one, of, one of his lines at the end of the film, when he says the important thing is that this never happened. Uh, oh, the same thing he said for Red right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I like this movie. And this is part of the... I do, too. The mini uh, revival that Sidney Poitier had. This is starting with uh, Shoot to Kill. We didn't watch that movie, John, but that was one that, uh, seek that one out. That was uh, his first movie in like 10 years, I think. He came out of the kill. Remember that with Tom Berenger, where he's like the, he's an FBI agent. He has to, Kirstie Alley's the girlfriend. They kidnap Kirstie Alley, Tom Berenger's girlfriend. And he, he's like a mountain tracker. And the guy that kidnaps her is this guy that Sidney Poitier has been after for years. And he's, you never, you don't remember that movie? Shoot to kill. I don't don't remember that. Yeah, that, that was the movie that Shoot brought it brought to Sydney Poitier at a retirement in like the eighties. Yeah, Shoot to Kill. Yeah, because he took a break. He really took some time off. He took about ten years off. Yeah, yeah. But this is part of his uh, his uh, comeback tour, and boy, it's a good one. So I, yeah, I was I'm always I always love Sydney Poitier. I just feel like they they needed to use him more in this one. Um, I felt like, but I'm glad he was there. I'm glad he was there, but uh, that that my only knock. I only have a few knocks in this movie. The the soundtrack's a little weird when it's not being like towards the end it gets better but in the beginning there's a lot of soprano saxophone a lot of soprano that's very saxophone. 90s and then uh you know robert redford tends to be a little flat sometimes uh very much the kevin cosner of his generation so not as bad i think he's a better actor than kevin cosner but sometimes <laughs> sometimes he's just get kind of mad at cosmo though for giving up his friend like how the cops are grabbing you and you're gonna yell out marty the fuck? Yeah, yeah, that's. that's you, I didn't quite. I didn't quite get that because he didn't have he, to. And he tricked him <laughs> in getting pizza. Like, how are you gonna bring your friend into this, you horrible villain? Like, yeah, you're I such kinda, a jerk. Kind of, it kind of echoes the way he's gonna be as he's older. It's yeah. like you know, you don't have to. You know, your friend got away. You should be happy for him. You know? Yeah, I don't. I never yeah. felt. I always feel like like that's. I, I I never feel like Robert Redford's a bad guy for running away. No. Because it's not like he was; they were in the room together, and he he had a chance to save him. There was nothing he could do no, at that, that point. Yeah. yeah, they no, were pizza, they were know? surrounded, you know. And uh, and what good what good would have come from it? You know, he would have just gone to jail too. You know. Yeah, yeah. My whole thing is, if he stayed in his car, would that guy still yell out? Would Cosmo still yell out Marty if he didn't see him? Yeah, yeah. Like Marty, the end of your movie, Marty. 
Marty? Marty. Marty. Marty? And then he said out the window, Marty, what are we going to do tonight? I don't know. We ought to do something. I want to kill hey, my Marty. friend. Kill my friend. That's like the stupidest line I've it's ever It's a great heard. line. What are you kidding? It, he, he delivered it almost like, be my friend, Godfather. He almost delivered it like that. It kind of had that tone to it. Yeah. Like, be my friend. Uh, yeah, no, I thought Ben, Ben, I think Ben, everybody's great in this movie. Everybody, everybody just, just, uh, and, uh, this is a movie that I feel like, uh, everybody, the, all the little side, the security guards look like real security guards. You know, everybody kind of looks, it feels real. Everybody feels like they're, you know, real guys, you know, except for Timothy Busfield, who always looks like, who, who always looks punchable. Um, <laughs> He always looks eminently and, punchable. And you get the guy from uh, Groundhog Day. What's his name? Uh, Steven Kablowski. Yeah, you know what's great is we're going to actually, I was looking, we're going to be in 92 for a little while. So we'll actually be able to rearrange the schedule and watch, uh, we'll be able to watch Groundhog Day close to February. So we're going to, I'm going nice. to rearrange it so we're watching it for the nice. first week of February. So, uh, nice. so Justine, why don't we talk about what we have on, on deck for next week? Last of the Mohicans. Wow. Wow. Quite a heavy fucking film. Wow. Have you guys seen this? Uh, nope. Bits and pieces. Michael Mann. John, have you seen this version? Yeah. All right. John, remember, I will find you no matter what occurs. Um, mm. This is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis with Michael Mann. Uh, so we'll we'll talk this about this. The closest uh, closest Daniel Day Lewis came to being a heartthrob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the hair, I think. <laughs> probably the most commercially successful movie he did. Maybe, maybe, a com- maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, this is, I mean, he's done things like There Will Be Blood and Gangs of New York, but I think this movie was a huge. Uh, it, it did pretty well at the box office, I think. Yeah, if I remember correctly. So, but yeah, uh, not a well typical. Known. Not a typical Michael Mann movie either. No, there's no car chases. There's no, no uh, semi-automatic weapons. <laughs> I always, I always love when you get a director who does something out of his sort of comfort zone and kind of does a yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this some this is a really good. Uh, I like this one a lot. So we will talk about it next week. Uh, yeah, yeah, J- Patrick, let us know what you think of Cowboy Bebop. We'll check in with you on that again. Uh, I'll give it a shot. I John, you have Disney Plus. Check out that Hawkeye Hawkeye show. Uh, yeah. you know, maybe the hot guy show, hot guy, hot guy, hot guy show, hot guy, hot guy. How and all the is hot guy in hey. Walt Disney Hawkeye. Yeah, what if, what if it was him? What if it was just him going? Uh, you know, just to- oh, I would have fucking watched that. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, the great thing is, for the first three episodes, he would have just been hilarious, and then yeah. like the fourth, he would start to get serious, and then by the sixth, he would just be insufferable. That's how that Maybe character. That's that character arc right there. <laughs> Honestly, not far from the Hawkeye in the Marvel. Film <laughs> He's just been insufferable. Speaking in platitudes. Mario's all. Mar- Here's Alan Alda in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> Great at the beginning, fear to Midland, and then uh, unsufferable. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the whole. That's Mash. That's Mash. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's, I agree. You know, the sweet. I think the sweet spot is like. You know, uh, you know, seasons three through five, or like that's the sweet spot yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. Where you still have very, as like John always says, as soon as Frank Burns leaves, it starts to come come unglued. Yeah. And then by the time you have Frank Burns was a good foil. And then by the time you have a uh, 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 clinger behind the desk, it's just uh, 
when radar leaves, it's the death sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Frank Burns was the beginning. And then, yeah, yeah. Winchester was never. Uh, mm. Mm, mm. Mm. You know what it is, too? I'm not going to lie. BJ Honeycutt, not, not my favorite. Not, just boring. BJ Honeycutt. Mm. Yeah, you know, I got that name. Honeycutt? That's honey. It's like a Bond girl. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, there's a whole episode where Hawkeye's trying to guess, you know, what B and J stands for. And finally, like the last two minutes, he goes, I'm named after my parents. My mom was B and my dad was J. <laughs> and he's like, uh. Yeah. Yep. Very boring. Mike Farrell, <laughs> Mike Farrell was no Wayne Rogers. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh He's no Alan Arkish. Wayne Wayne, uh, Wayne Wayne Rogers had that little. He had that kind of that New York charm, that e, that mm. back east kind of street streetwise kind of guy. You know, I, he could. Well, do it'd like, be interesting to see. God, it's too bad he was only on for three seasons. It would have been interesting to see uh, what else he could have done with that character. But they they weren't writing anything for him. Yeah, it's like when did this become the when did this become the Hawkeye show? It was supposed to be the two of us. You know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but then you make BJ, box. you make BJ the serious one, and then you can just let Hawkeye do whatever. But then Hawkeye yeah. was the serious one too, and then it's like, well, what are we doing now? Now but, you got nothing. It's a comedy. Yeah, now they're both serious, and now what they're the both fuck? serious. So what now we're gonna make more Klinger, more wacky. That's right. Mm. So what the fuck? Mm. So what I'm saying is, the show could have ended like around season seven. Yeah, for, same. It gets lauded for being on so long, but then it's after a while you're like, it didn't need to be on that long. It's like The Simpsons. Having said that. If it's playing, I'm watching it. There's there's a station that plays like two hours worth of mesh every night, and if it's on, I'm watching it. You know, so what the hell? Colonel Potter, though that he that was he was oh, great. God, he's so such a great character. Wow, so weird when you see him like really young, like in uh, you know so you know it's funny when you see him like in old movies from like the 40s. You go, God, I can't believe that's Colonel Potter. Yep, <laughs> Harry Morgan. Uh, Horace Pucky, I love it. Um, he was great. Uh, my dad always liked. Uh, my dad always uh, was never a huge fan of Mash, but he liked. He liked Colonel Potter because he goes, "Now that's a guy who was actually." He's like, "That's the way they, he would have been." Everybody else yeah. was, you know, yeah. My yeah. dad always liked that guy. So, anyway, we, yeah. welcome to Mash Talk. Uh, we're here with uh, Gary uh, Gary Barton. Great way to go out, huh? Gary Gil Barton, <laughs> Matt Gelbar, George Gelbar. <laughs> I can't think of the name. What's what, what name of anything? Oh, uh, oh, Larry. Larry Gelbar. Gelbar yeah. Thank you. If you all ever right. loved it, that's him. That's the guy. Justine, what's your favorite TV show all time? All time TV show. Oh, you know we need to do after this. I have a question. I have a question. Another question for the whole cast before we go. We have only five minutes. I know we don't. Yeah, we do. Justine, your favorite TV show? Go. Probably Cheers. Hey, there you go. And they beat MASH, didn't they? They were one season longer than MASH, I think. Maybe. They were were 12, and MASH was 11. (laughs) Uh, Give me what you're thankful for this year, guys, because it's thanks our Thanksgiving episode. So let me hear what you're thankful for this year. John, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for good health and that we've got a grown-up in the White House. Hey, there you go. Jake? I am thankful for my friends and family. Uh huh. What's the non bullshit answer? <laughs> hey, that was from the heart. Was I'm it? Thankful for my cat right there. That's that one. From the, that's from the heart. Kitty, kitty. Yeah. 
Not the lizard, though. I mean, the lizard's just kind of there, you know. <laughs> As all lizards are. <laughs> I mean, it's lizards. Yeah, a lizard is not has not been programmed to give love and affection. He is programmed to. He is programmed to receive, though. Uh, that is that is but that's why. to eat, sleep, and shit. That is what that is what and it make, does. And make be- baby lizards. And make baby lizards. Uh, Patrick, what are you thankful for this year, my friend? Uh, I'm thankful for all the people who stay home and don't go out shopping and going to restaurants on holidays. Justine, what are you thankful for? My squatty potty. Oh, how does that work? What Every is that? Year. We talked about this before. How does it work? What is it? Like a, like Every a bidet? day we use that Squatty Potty. It's been a really big help this year. Thank you, Squatty Potty and water. It's been, it's been a real good addition to the family, your Squatty, squatty Potty. Squatty Potty, you sit up, it puts your feet up so that your your, oh. your intestines are in a more oh. uh, natural position to push everything, push all the waste. You're not material. straining. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It just sloths out. Yeah, I you, see. You just... You put your feet up and give it hell. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, and on that note, I am thankful to all of the listeners who have supported us all year long. Uh, yeah, all, yeah, me too, me too. All the other, oh, yeah. all the other podcasts, oh, yeah. all the other podcasts that uh, <laughs> that uh, that support us, everybody who helps us by retweeting our uh, when we drop a new episode. And uh, I'm just thankful to you guys. And I'm thankful to the crew for doing this week after week. We had a weird year. Obviously, with COVID, we did a lot remotely. We're still kind of in a weird limbo, but uh, you know, everybody's stuck together, and uh, we we've made it this far. So I'm always thankful to everybody who, who spends time to listen, uh, and you know, we, we appreciate you, all of you guys, and uh, so I'm thankful for you guys. All right, so for Jake, for John, especially you, you Mister, especially you, you know who you are. For Patrick, well, what about all the ladies now? You said Mister, huh? my lady. Yeah. What? We're not thankful for the, <laughs> we're not thankful for the sweet bitches that listen. There you go. There you go. You especially the sweet bitches. Yes, thank you. So for John, for Jake, for Patrick, for Justine, we say happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Uh, stay hydrated. Drink plenty of water while you're eating uh, all the turkey. All right. I don't know if that because there's a lot of salt. I don't know why I said that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Pla- rubber pants. You wear your rubber pants and your squatty potty. And you're ready to go. Do your business. Wear a right. kilt. Wear a skirt. Right there. Right there. Wear a, the table. Wear a moo-moo. Moo-moo. All right, guys. Moo-moo. Until next time, happy Thanksgiving. This transmission ends moo-moo. now. Unity. Unity.